0: Welcome to the Jewish Road podcast. We are here again. My name is Matt Davis and I'm here with... Welcome, welcome. This is Ron. Yeah, you just jumped right in. You got it down. I got it. Yeah. You got to stop hitting the table, though. Yeah. Everything's going to just start jumping out all over the place here. All the mishigas. It's There's a lot of mishigas. We're trying to make things simple, but we'll get there one day. Hey, uh, here on the Jewish Road... We uh, like to talk about Act 1 and Act 2. We say that this whole thing is like a two-act play. How does that start?
1: Well, it starts with Act 1. It does. All the Jewish people in the world bought tickets to this two-act play. Yeah. Uh, They got to the theater. They went in. They saw the first act. They thought it was great. Yeah. And then? Intermission. (laughs) They they went out. Yeah. Got a drink in the
0: lobby and went home. That's right. They left. Meanwhile, all of the Christians in the world, they got tickets to the exact same two-act play. Uh, They should have got like a big group sale and then they would have, you know, maybe got a little discount or something like that. But they went in there. They actually crossed the Jews in the lobby on the way in and they saw the second act of the play and uh, they missed the first. They missed something. Yeah. And so really both sides have only seen and heard half the story. And so we want to tell the entire story. We believe that the entire revelation of God and what is known as the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Old Covenant, New Covenant. Act
1: 1, Act 2. Tanakh, Brit
0: Hadasha. How many different ways can we say it? My yeah, goodness. That's about it. That's it. So uh, we want to be able to bring those together. And as we bring those together, we're actually bringing together the family of God as he intended. Now, talking about bringing together the family of God, we have one of them with us. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Her name is Candice Highslip. Say Hello.
2: Good morning. All right, (laughs) Candice. It is. It's
0: morning. Unless they're listening to it at night and then who knows. But, you know, it's morning somewhere. So, (laughs) so good to have you here. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. And you know what? We, we had our practice round yesterday, right? We did. We, we had such a great conversation. Yeah. And we went back and listened to it, and it's just a lot of static. And so mm. it was just, so good. The enemy
1: didn't want it out there.
0: That's right. But we're going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do this again. And so uh, we got to, you're, you're here with us in Kentucky. And when we have said, uh, that we are somewhere in the middle of Kentucky and in a basement deep underground. How much of that is true?
2: It's 100% true. But yeah. the journey here has been lovely. And Kentucky is off the charts with the charm and um, all the meadows and little hills and baby horses. You talk
1: about the charm, you're talking about us?
2: <laughs> I, of course I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's of course, a, course I am. <laughs> that's
1: exactly what she was thinking. But I had, I had no charm before I got here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: Some would agree with that, actually. But, you know, you too, if you wanted to come on the Jewish Road podcast, you just come out here. Uh, we'll put you up here at Shay Davis. And uh, it's, it's it's quite, actually magical. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Right? And, and Kay
2: we, is just an incredible hostess.
0: Yeah, we like her more than him. It's actually pretty <laughs> wonderful. Uh, but we'll, I could say a few things. Yeah, <laughs> I can mute your channel over here too. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll take you to horse races. We'll wine and dine in a castle, and I'm not even making that up. No, right? it this all is,
2: happened yesterday, yeah. and it was wonderful.
0: So Candice, uh, we've been friends for a few years, uh, and actually, like for you and Tim, mm-hmm. and for my wife and me, like it was just we connected on a bus in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. And it was immediate and it was love at first sight for all four of us. It was great. It was. Yeah, Yeah. totally. But you hail from the great state of Arizona. Um, Tell us a little bit about life and the journey there.
2: Mm. Well, um, Tim and I were serving in San Antonio, Texas as an associate rabbi in Rebbetson underneath my dad.
0: Hold on. Our audience has maybe not heard the term Rebbetson.
2: Oh, yes. What is that? Well, I'm basically a female counterpart to my husband. I'm not a rabbi. I don't marry and bury, but I do um, actively use the gifts that the Lord has given me within our community to support my husband in leadership.
0: Okay. Perfect. Great. That's actually the best definition I've ever heard of that. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So San Antonio, you guys were down there and then?
2: And then um, the Lord called us to Phoenix and 18 years ago, we planted a Messianic Jewish congregation In Phoenix, Arizona, and we planted it from our living room Mm -hmm. and um, we have this beautiful, small community, Mm -hmm. um, just about a hundred people, give or take, depending on what season it is. If it's COVID, it's lower than a (laughs) hundred.
0: Right. And if it's Passover and Hanukkah, it's much bigger.
2: It's much bigger. Right. Yeah, Yeah. But um, we have this beautiful community of people who um, love to fellowship with the Lord. And they love to fellowship with each other and they're deeply committed to each other and community. And yeah, it's, it's, there's really no other community I'd rather be a part of. It's beautiful.
0: And it's the truth. All that you say is true because we've been there. Mm. Uh, I get to speak there and it's a great, you guys have built something really wonderful. And that is why you're here. And we want to talk a little bit about that and you and how God has created you. Uh, But just. Because you're here in our little zone here, um, there is one thing that we have to take care of before we really dive deep and, and learn a little bit more. It's it's this guy over here. <laughs> How are you doing over there? You're just knocking <laughs> into do, stuff. What, and, do, what do you have to take care of? <laughs> um, we have to take care of you. You have a little bit of a... You know, Candice, one of the things that we do here is we like just to have a little bit of, of humor. Some of the stuff we're talking ah. about is... Is heavy. It's yes. deeply theological, yes. and it can it can drone on. and And the temptation for us is to be boring. The temptation for us is to be because we we like to be boring. Like we could talk about <laughs> dead rabbis all day long. <laughs> oh um, like let's talk about anti semitism. <laughs> let's talk about the Holocaust. Like we actually like enjoy, and we would talk about that all the time. So it can feel heavy, but heavy our, stuff, right? But for us to not take ourselves too seriously. We have to have just a little bit of, of humor because we do laugh a lot. If, if yes. all you ever heard was a very serious podcast where we're talking deep theology, you'd say like, man, that is a really heavy story. Yeah. But that's not how we actually live every right. single day. And,
2: and you guys are both hilarious all the time.
0: Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Well, I'll
1: try to resemble that <laughs> remark. Wow. So um, along those lines, yeah. will you share a, we'll, a little bit? We'll of, want to take a little trip back to the Catskills? Well, yeah, let's, yeah. As long okay, as it's... Well, take us on a here, good trip. Here's, here, here's something that's uh, kind of fun. Yeah. It's a young Jewish boy comes home from school. Yeah. He's all excited. Mm-hmm. Tells his mom, hey, mom, I got a part in the school play. And she says, that's wonderful. That's <laughs> wonderful, Yitzhak. What part do you have? He says, I got the part of a Jewish husband. And she frowns and she says, you go back to the teacher and... Tell her you want a talking part. <laughs> 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 um, Bada boom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, sometimes it's still good, like, the, the 47th time I've heard it. I still enjoyed that one. All right. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm being very hospitable, which actually is exactly what we're here to do. Do you like that segue? We're getting really good at this. Yeah. So, um, Candice, you happen to be one of the most hospitable people I know. And, um, I say this based Thanks. on personal experience and your Instagram reel, oh. <laughs>
1: uh, both of <laughs> those
0: together have the, the personal experience uh, has confirmed all that I've seen online. Oh, and thank and you. so we've, we've had Shabbat together. We've, mm-hmm. we've broken bread together. We've mm-hmm. had meals together. And there's a spirit about you that to, to, to set a table, um, to, to, Eat at the table with Tim mm. and Candace is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And you Thank happen you, to, I, and I'm not, there's no fluff, but I am also hoping to be invited back. <laughs> uh, but you happen to be sitting with two people that, what we would say is that we don't have this gift of hospitality. Mm. Is, that, is that right over there? Well, I thought I did until now. Yeah, yeah. so... We, we're married to people who have a little bit more hospita- hospitality. Oh, yeah. But when we talked about this originally, um, even on our practice session, mm-hmm. what I learned from you yesterday uh, was that this is not a gift.
2: Mm. Yeah, hospitality is actually not a spiritual gift. It's not listed with any of the spiritual gifts in the lists that we find in Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12. Rather, hospitality is a practice. It's a spiritual practice. And if you go back to the Greek, it says, when it says practice hospitality, it actually says in the Greek to pursue or to eagerly pursue hospitality. It starts with a decision to live with an open heart and open hands, and it's a spiritual practice.
0: Now, you you say that we're supposed to eagerly like go after hospitality, Mm -hmm. um, that that this is something to be pursued. Uh, When I have people over, uh, or let my, my kids have their friends over and I have a nugget ice machine. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I love nugget ice. They're like little nuggets of, of gold. Um, but these, these kids are just sloppy, right? They're, they're putting it and they're, they're, they're dropping nuggets of ice all over the floor. The dogs come up and eat it. And it's,
1: it <laughs> would it's, drive me crazy. It
0: would drive me crazy. It does drive me crazy. And I'm not thinking hospitality at that moment. At that moment, I'm thinking to myself, get out of my house. <laughs>
1: Stop sitting on my
0: couch, <laughs> don't drink my root beer, don't drop my ice. How do we overcome that? And and is this, I mean, it has to be more than like have people over to your house and just be nice, right? Right. God is after something bigger than all right. of this.
2: Right. He is after something bigger. And um, when we offer food and when we offer drink, it's for the purpose of meeting a physical need. But that is that is like the base foundation for meeting other needs. So it goes far beyond just meeting the needs of the body. But once the body is satiated, (laughs) and sometimes that can be messy, especially if you have like teenagers eating nugget ice or screaming babies or something like that. But once the needs of the body are met, then that's where you get to the really good stuff because you can... Um, have conversations that engage the soul and nourish the soul and engage the spirit and nourish the spirit. So it ends up being this holistic um, nourishment for your body, your soul and your spirit. And, and sometimes it is messy. And, uh, but that's, that's not the goal is to have everything be like this kind of Pinterest perfect mm. uh, tablescape. The goal is connection and nourishment
1: so So you have to get past the ice
0: cubes (laughs) yeah
1: this is that that is the
0: takeaway there but there is something after the ice cubes right there is something after the meal that we are connecting with people in a way that that the lord has designed us to -hmm. be doing that Mm -hmm. um now okay you we 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 have a couple passages in in scripture we have you know romans and we have first peter there's some of these passages that say you know, to to practice hospitality, to do this, does this show up in Act One in in the Old Testament?
2: Of course it does. Okay. Of course it does. And Abraham and Sarah are really um, the greatest examples of hospitality that we can see. And actually, Jewish tradition talks about they had the four corners of their tents um, open and lifted up so that any passerby could come. And actually, when we talk about hospitality in the greek um it's the love of strangers yeah which is
0: philozenia yeah yeah
2: it's the love of strangers and this is what it means to be hospitable is that you're bringing people that you don't know very well um into your personal space for that connection so that they're not strangers anymore but strangers turn into friends and friends turn into friends that are like family really yeah.
0: It's really the, the opposite of xenophobia, right? It's, yes. It is, it is to welcome in the foreigner. It is to welcome in the stranger. Yes. And when we're doing that, we are practicing um, really the spirit of God of what he wants yes. us to be doing.
2: Yes.
1: Did you want to say anything over there? You know, that uh, example that you were giving about the four corners of the tent, mm-hmm. there was somebody in particular mm-hmm. that he greeted mm-hmm. that he may not have known exactly who this was at the time. Mm-hmm. Right? and this was This was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord himself.
2: Yes. And he's there in Genesis 18, sitting under a tree. Uh, Rabbis say he was probably healing from circumcision. And three visitors come to, to his tent, and he gets up to greet them. And then he says something so incredible. He states his intent. It's to bring refreshment to them. So he washes their feet, Sarah makes bread, they kill, they kill a, a cow, they have some curds, maybe, you know, with the pita and the meat and mm-hmm. the curds. It's like an, an Abrahamic cheeseburger, really. Oh. <laughs> and it sounds, sounds really good. Sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially everything fresh. Um, but you know, he he brings a sense of refreshment to them and he, he washes their feet and then you see that in the midst of that fellowship, he's offering to bless them, but what he gets in return is the greatest blessing because it's the confirmation and um, the confirmation of the son of promise that's coming. And you know, they tell him, you're going to have a baby, you're going to have a son. He knew that, but here it is.
0: There's a book that I looked at a while back. Uh, it was written by uh, Rosaria Butterfield, um, mm. and she she wrote this book, um, and it is on a, a biblical hospitality. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this book?
2: Gospel comes with a house key.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. do you know her backstory?
2: A little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, like what I know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that she was a liberal mm-hmm. lesbian professor yes. at, at like Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she, um, like her arch enemy, the, her nemesis in life was biblical Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, and she actually was writing this article, um, about promise keepers coming after Mm -hmm. Christians, um, you know, just talking about patriarchy and all, all of this stuff. And she was, so she, she published this thing. And the, the story that I heard about her was that there was a pastor who, uh, writes and says, "Thank you for sharing yes. <laughs> your your awful opinion, but thank you for <laughs> thank you for sharing. I'd like to invite you over to my house mm-hmm. um, for a meal." Mm-hmm. And she was blown away by mm-hmm. that experience and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. Mm-hmm. And her life really like did a one hundred and eighty, mm-hmm. uh, and she realized that there was something real and tangible and compelling mm-hmm. that happened around the table.
2: One hundred percent. And actually we see that a large portion of Yeshua's ministry, of course he was teaching in the synagogues. Of course he was healing people in the highways and the byways. Of course he was, you know, multiplying food and um, teaching on top of mountains, but a large portion Mm -hmm. of his ministry actually happened around a table. And it was with people who were outcasts, maybe like Rosaria. Yeah. And because there's something so beautiful and so intimate about breaking bread together because it is so holistic for the body and for the soul and for the spirit. I also think it's really interesting, like Yeshua could have used any analogy that he wanted to about what it would look like when we said yes to him. But he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, he,
1: I will come in and sup with him.
2: And he with me. Yeah. And that's pretty profound. Like, mm-hmm. he could have used any analogy, but he uses the table, and he uses table fellowship as an expression of what it means to look like to say yes to the Lord.
1: Yeah, what's What's really mm-hmm. interesting about all of that is Abraham had the four corners of his tent open, mm-hmm. but Yeshua is standing outside the door mm-hmm. that you have to open, mm-hmm. and it's the the significance and the symbolism of both of those things is when he comes in you have the presence of the lord at mm. that table
2: that's good ron
1: it
0: is yeah I, I mean don't 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 tell him too much don't <laughs> don't do too much of that no but, but actually
2: like if you think about genesis 18 because abraham is welcoming the lord yeah right
1: yeah and and what's significant about that is he doesn't know it at the time, right. but the presence of the Lord is there with him, right. and he's there for a purpose. Mm. He's always doing whatever he's doing for a purpose that's beyond our, you know, uh, wh- what do you call it, the uh, everyday, mm-hmm. you know, ins and outs of life, mm-hmm. he enters in, mm-hmm. just like we open that door mm. in Revelation. It's so good. And he'll good. come in and he'll sup with us and he'll eat with us and we're mm-hmm. around the table again. Mm-hmm. He's always around the table.
2: He yeah. is, actually.
1: Even when we were in Israel and we <laughs> we came upon the Bedouins and we end up around their table. Yeah, yeah, they invite us in. And and it's part of Middle Eastern hospitality. And mm. I
0: promise you we're going to have a, a conversation about this because uh, this is another piece that we, we love talking about. But yes. th- that's a whole other podcast episode, but to, to welcome in, I I think I'm much better. If, if I do have a little bit of hospitality, it's, it's with my friends. It's, 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 Mm -hmm. it's not with the foreigner. It's not with the stranger. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And it's, uh, in Hebrews 13, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers Mm -hmm. for by doing so some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it,
2: which is another reference back
0: to Abraham. Yeah, that's right. And even when we, when we marry people, uh, in Jewish tradition, we're doing it under a chuppah. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, explanations I heard of that is uh, not only the covering of God, but as you look at a chuppah, it doesn't have any walls. There's an openness mm-hmm. to that, right? So there's a mm-hmm. hospitality. Mm-hmm. And it also shows that when you get married, there's nothing in your house. Like <laughs> you <laughs> exert, poor and broke, <laughs> And so it's, it's a really good picture of what your life should be. And it's really not supposed to be filled with all the furniture and all the stuff, but really mm-hmm. you want to fill it with the people.
2: Right. Right. And that's, that's it. And actually I have a, an easier time entertaining friends too, uh, not entertaining. Actually, I don't like the word entertaining oh. um, because it feels a little bit like a production. um, And, and that's not what hospitality is about. So let me rephrase that. Yeah. I love hosting okay. friends. I, like I don't like the word entertaining because it feels very Hollywood-esque, you know, and that's not what hospitality is about. It's not about Showing off. It's about being real and connecting, even if it's over, you know, even if you like, you know, buy Taco Bell or something or Chick-fil-A and you put it on a table, the point is to nourish the whole person.
0: And so let, let's hit that because I wanted to ask you this question. Um we just went through the Passover season.
2: Mm-hmm. In fact,
0: we are now officially done with Passover.
2: Yeah, had a bagel this morning and I loved it. <laughs> it, just,
0: it tastes better <laughs> after it Passover, does. doesn't it? It has a different, different flavor. But uh, mm. it, you know, in the Passover uh, seder's, um, you know, a lot of times we we do these at hotels. We bring in caterers, um, mm. but but you hosted out of your congregation in your community, you had 163 people in your backyard, mm-hmm. in your backyard, and it takes mm-hmm. days and planning. Uh, but something that you wrote on, on social media um, was was thinking through uh, what, what that looks like. And I think it maybe ties into what you were just talking about when you're talking about entertaining.
2: Yes, There's a little it, bit it does of- actually, because if I'm being really transparent, it is easy for me to Um, flirt with that boundary between like therapeutic beauty and setting a place that will really, like I said, nourishing the whole person Mm. and and in return, you get nourished too. That's just part of the, that's part of the gig. And flirting with that line that goes into like an unhealthy (laughs) production for the purpose of just, I don't know. I think the Lord has freed me from—I'm a a recovering perfectionist, so the Lord has freed me from a lot of perfection, performance, and drivenness. But sometimes when I'm really exhausted and I don't have my bearings right, I can tend into that unhealthy production. But yeah, I was actually really— overwhelmed a little bit, (laughs) not really overwhelmed a little bit. I was overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real.
0: (laughs) I mean, 160 people in your backyard. It's like a five course meal.
2: And, and you know what? I, I, don't do everything myself. I believe that teamwork is dream work. I really believe in the power of community. And I had a handful of people who came by for an hour or two or three and helped me chop vegetables and shred vegetables. And, um, so that was really helpful or make like 300 matzo balls, you know, the day of, um,
0: that's the dream right there. Forget this teamwork. Let's talk about (laughs) matzo balls for a second. It
2: was really good. But anyway, leading up to the event, um, there were some things that came in like from Amazon and like, I just had to reconfigure things. And I also felt like I was behind the clock a little bit on preparation and logistics. And, and I couldn't really calm my body down. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I ended up taking a really late night long shower. And us you know, all, <laughs> my fingers were wrinkly and my toes were wrinkly. And I just, I was just, you know, talking with the Lord. And also the focus was so much on like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do this and blah, 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 blah. And it, it was so focused on me, which is not the purpose of Passover clearly. And I just remember like laying in bed and my husband is snoring and it was, uh, which is actually has a very cute snore. Um, <laughs> so, so do I actually. You should we'll ask take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
2: but um And I just offered up my heart to the Lord, um, desire mixed with anxiety and he, and I just quieted my heart before him and, you know, he spoke, just prepare a place for me. That's what I'm asking for you. And in that one moment, I really just felt the presence of the Lord wash over my nervous system, um, restore a sense of shalom refocus me into the place where I needed to be, where it's about him. And I mean, like even when he had his Passover Seder, someone prepared a place and he was like, all right, disciples, go tell this person. Yeah. Master's going to eat here. And I thought that's that's the kind of home that I want. And that's the kind of setting that I want for him to say, let him know I'm coming yeah. to have dinner with you.
1: That, that's the significance of it mm. that, that everybody struggles with every mm. day mm-hmm. is having the presence of the Lord in the things that we do Mm -hmm. and not consuming things to our own ego. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, that is the challenge is what is this going to say
0: about me in the end? Right. Versus how great is their God? Right. That they would have an experience like this.
2: And, and that his words shifted everything for me. And then I was like, Oh, let's just pause and reevaluate things for a second. This is really about him. And then that just, that shifted everything. And the prep was actually really peaceful and we had a great Seder and the food was really yummy and my husband leads a really great Seder. So it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was a beautiful one.
0: Yeah. We should do like next year, let's just do backyard saters and we'll just go to like seven different cities Ooh. and we'll just do all around the country. We'll just do backyard saters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We already have one request for next
0: year. Yeah, there you go. Oh. It's coming in hot. Wow. 2024 is just going to be crazy. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, Candice, um, thank you for sharing. This has mm-hmm. been um, fruitful and challenging even for me. Is it
1: challenging for you over there? Oh, yeah. Um, this, is, this is a major struggle area, I think, for everybody. Yeah.
0: So it's going to be less get out of my house or I'm just going to depend on my wife to pull this off. But what, what does it look like? Even for those of us who aren't chefs and cooks and thinking about tablescapes, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> but but uh, that I can actually enter into one of those times with mm-hmm. a heart of hospitality mm. and practice that. Mm. And it is a practice.
2: It is a practice, not
0: a gift. Yeah. Just like medicine, which is really funny. They say practice medicine, but don't you
1: want your doctor to not practice? <laughs> I, I, th- I think the one thing that we want to hear and know, like when we do a Passover Seder like we just did a couple of weeks ago, is people walk away from there Mm. not saying, oh, those guys were great. Right. But saying we felt the presence of Mm. the Lord. We got Mm -hmm. introduced to some things that we didn't even know about the Lord. Mm. And he's the focus. And Mm. it is within our control, right? Like uh, even just, (laughs) I
0: mean, we we talked about this, and there's like a thousand wonderful different angles to take Luke 24 and the road to Emmaus, Mm. but just... Even, you know, Yeshua and he's dining with these two on the road to Emmaus and and they they break bread together and they say, weren't our hearts burning, burning within
2: us. Yeah. Right? But that's not just
0: a a Jesus thing, but that we can actually if if I actually enter into a time like that intentionally mm-hmm. enough and say, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this. Like I, mm-hmm. I want people to leave my house. Mm -hmm. Um, with their hearts burning like wasn't Mm -hmm. that like there because it fills something that i think that we don't actually have in our Mm -hmm. culture all that much
2: right well i think that america has relational poverty and Mm -hmm. there has to be a shift and the shift is here it's coming and i think that a lot of that um kind of it's a it's a revolution of relational intimacy Um, and I believe that a lot of it is going to happen around the table.
0: And, and so let's, let's wrap it with this because that's where I think we, this is a good place to end is, um, you started a thing called tent and table and I think it's the coolest thing in the world. And it's so you, it's so perfect. Thanks Um, Matt. Yeah, no, I'm totally serious about that. But, um, tell us about tent and table and, and even just the importance of what you just alluded to a little bit of, um, this, this relational poverty. Mm -hmm. Um, but that even like how, that poverty is not just like corporately America or this town, but it really is in our homes itself. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And how important the table is even in your home. But give, I just asked you 30 questions. (laughs) Okay. One answer for 30 questions. One answer is
2: yes. I have an online media presence called tent and table and it has had um, a little bit of halting momentum, uh, but I've chosen to focus really on posting things that would guide people through, um, with ease for Jewish holidays and um and so yeah I've that's what has been my main focus but um my goal is to see a restoration um of beauty and connection on all things connected to home family and hospitality
0: Mm. yeah and 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 I think the reason is and one of the things that we've talked about is that the family does not center around the table anymore right like what was it like when you were growing up around the table? You, yeah. you were around the table.
1: Yeah. Well, we were always around the table. Uh, we had dinner every night. I remember I'd be playing stickball out in the street, and my mom would come out on the porch. Ronnie, come home! It's time for dinner. <laughs> you know, and I would yell back, "What are we having?" <laughs> <laughs> and when I got in the door, I said, "I got to tell the whole neighborhood." <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but we every night it was around the table. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know that's that's where family mm-hmm. actually sets the the rules and the direction for life of kids growing up
2: it does and it also grounds people i harvard has done an extensive um project where they've researched the importance of family dinners and sitting around a table but even if people eat around a table like two times a week um and and that may seem like a lot or a little depending on where you're coming from but that itself will reduce depression, anxiety, eating disorders. It helps improve kids' grades. Um, it helps to develop their friendships better. I mean, the, the benefits of table fellowship as a family, um, are incredibly rich. And, um, but I think that there is a a restoration of what that looks like as a family. And, um, and setting the culture in the home, because culture is so important. Culture eats a vision for lunch. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can have the best vision in the world for our family, but the culture is really what determines what happens inside the family. And um, But once we have that culture of connectedness, you belong, you're welcome here, um, faults and all, and this place of unconditional love, that then enables us to extend our hands and our hearts to other people, um, to say, come sit at the table with us.
0: I love it. So here's, here's the, maybe the takeaway for those of you who are listening. Um, this does not mean that you need to start a weekly supper club and -hmm. make it happen. Um, I would say that hospitality begins in the home, just, Mm -hmm. Just set aside, and this is, you know, this is why we do Shabbat. Mm-hmm. It's a really good, like, you know, pray a prayer of blessing over your kids and over your spouse and break bread together mm-hmm. and, and drink the wine and, mm-hmm. and really Sabbath together, right? Like that's a that's a really great start. Yes. Um, and to be intentional with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a really great place to start. But what does mm-hmm. it look like to then show hospitality mm-hmm. to strangers? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that look like to, to open up? yourself and to open up your home to wherever you're at, to be Mm -hmm. all there. Um, Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be everything. Just take Mm -hmm. the next best step. Right.
2: And it can mean, really, it can mean stopping by Chick-fil-A and -hmm. saying, hey, come over. Let's just spend time together. You don't, it doesn't have to be something extravagant. It's just the place where the body is nourished. And then you can have a deeper conversation with the soul because your body's not screaming, right? It's not hangry. Yeah. And and it'll nourish the spirit too. Yeah,
0: it's great. Um, so I'll put all this in our notes if you want to find Candice. But if we want to find you, both at Congregation Bruch Hashem and at Tent and Table, how do we do that?
2: Well, you can visit um, www dot mycbhcongregationbruchhashem dot and um, you can visit me on Instagram at. My no no that was CBH. <laughs> you can visit me on Instagram at tent underscore and underscore table.
0: Good, and I'll put links of all of that in there, and uh you can check it out. But Candice, it's been so good to have you here. Will Thank you come you. back again next week?
2: Next week? Yeah, let's just do this every week. <laughs> this is
0: I I I need help. You know, like I got this over here. I need a lot of. I
1: got this over here too. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I've had a, a really. I've had such a blast hanging out with you guys and your whole family. It's been wonderful and I'm really grateful to be here. And you guys are incredibly hospitable. So thank you so much for that.
1: Hey, Was you. that an accident or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could pull it off for twenty
0: four hours, yeah. I guess. Yeah. We do that. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Jewish Road podcast. Uh we Want to just invite you into uh, this life that God's calling you to? To maybe sit before Him and say, "What do you want me to do with this?" Um, that'd be a good thing. Um, we also want to let you know that we are going to Israel in October, and uh, we're going. It's October eighth to twentieth, and uh, we just would love to have a good crew. We're about halfway full at this point, and have some spots left, and so that'll be a lot of fun. But. Especially at this time, we need to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm. Um, I'll actually be headed out there next week to lead a a family tour. Um, But uh, we're going to have a a Zoom meeting out there. And so we'll put some of those notes out there. But you can see us. Um, And uh, I think that that's about it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think that does it. All right. Well, until next time. We say Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim, and that means? It means pray
1: for the peace of Jerusalem, especially these days. That's right.